Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. It is Thursday, April 14th. Uh, We had a new release of Moon Knight this week, and we had some news to go around. So we want to talk down and break down a little bit and talk more in depth about the new episode of Moon Knight. Before we do that, Bailey and I want to go over some news that has broken. It's not a whole lot, but uh, we just want to talk about some things. So Bailey, first off, what's first up? We have Blue Sky Studios is shutting down. For those unfamiliar for Blue Skies, Bailey, what what is Blue Sky Studio? Yeah, so just the same way that Disney owns the uh, Walt Disney Animation Company, um, Fox, uh, 20th Century Fox, when they were no not a property of Disney, um, they had their own uh, animation studio, which was Blue Sky Studios. And um, they are responsible for bringing us the franchises of Ice Age, Rio. Uh, I think their latest movie was uh, Spies in Disguise. And then I believe also Ron's Gone Wrong. But that one was, um, it wasn't released under the Blue Sky Studios banner. It was re- released under uh, whatever Fox is called now. I can't remember. Um but it's it's sad to see this company go. But uh, the sweet thing is that uh, a couple of the animators uh, at this company, as a send off to the company, um, created these shorts called um, Ice Age Scrat Tales, and it's actually really sweet. And I'll I'll spoil it a little bit because I watched them with my daughter this morning uh, or yesterday morning, and. Um, it, the the nice thing about it is like they finally give Scrat his acorn, and it was just a really like for those that are fans of the Ice Age franchise and have seen Scrat struggle to to get his acorn for five movies and several shorts, it's just sweet. That's all. It's not really like big news, but um, it's more sad to see the studio go. Uh, but it's not necessarily the end of any projects from the creations of Blue Sky Studios because like Disney Plus had the um, the Adventures of Buck Wild spinoff movie that came out on Disney Plus in January or February. And I'm, I'm sure we'll see more of those characters as well um, and maybe characters from other franchises as well. But it's uh, it's sad to see the studio go. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Adam? I mean, I feel like now I'll have to watch Ice Age or the Scrat show because ever since I can remember, you're right. We uh we don't know if he ever got that nut, and now we find out he got the nut. He got paid. He got his due. <laughs> so congratulations to Scrat. Um, I have to check that one out. And moving moving on, our next piece of news is we got a first look at the Justice League for the DC um League of Super Pets. And Bailey, you saw this. What did you feel? How did you feel? You're really excited about this. You said this is the only DC movie that is not giving us drama. So 
Were yeah. you excited for this this first look? Yeah, I, I honestly just because it's so wholesome um, compared to everything else that DC is doing, and it doesn't feel like it's just a train wreck waiting to happen. I'm very excited for this just for that. Um, I don't even think the movie looks good, but it, from the from the sounds of it, it seems like it's going to be a lot better than how the Flash movie is shaping up to be, and that movie's been. 30 years in the making. So, not literally. It, it was just supposed to be released in 2015. So. And now um, they're, uh, they're canceling the prequel comic as well. Yeah, they canceled the prequel comic. Um, and another update on Ezra Miller's uh, uh, restraining order in Hawaii. Uh, the couple that filed it has, uh, cho- they chose to lift the restraining order and not file it against him. So that's pretty big news. Um, I wonder how much they got paid for that. But then moving on, um, (laughs) this isn't really news. It's just an opinion. And I'll give my thoughts on this, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, Adam. But uh, Sandra Bullock of The Lost City wants Daniel Radcliffe, her co-star, to play Wolverine in the MCU. What do you think about this, Adam? Uh, that's a no for me. <laughs> I, mm. I can't say that I can see him reasonably playing Wolverine. That's not because I don't think he's a good actor. You know, there's no, it's like, it's just for me, that's such a jarring thing. Mm-hmm. And it would be hard. I feel like it would be very hard for me to digest. I feel like ever since Harry Potter, he's had problems breaking out. But even in uh, The Lost City, we talked about how to some degree he almost became annoying mm-hmm. and just his, his presence in that movie was felt, but in a weird way. And I would like to see him do more things, but I feel like casting him as Wolverine for me is that's a little bit too much, a little too, too quick. You know, I, I don't know how to put it. I just can't see it in my mind. I feel like after Hugh Jackman playing the role for like 30 years or 20 years, however long it was, um, I feel like, uh, here's the thing, when Hugh Jackman got cast as Wolverine when I was like five years old, um, I don't remember this, I just know it from history now, um, but a lot, there was a lot of outcry when he was cast because they're like, the guy that sings is going to be playing Wolverine, like, who is this guy? He's like two feet taller than what Wolverine is supposed to be, not really, more like a foot taller, but um, Wolverine is, If I will say this. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe looks the part if he were to grow sideburns, but I I don't know. I kind of find him annoying in everything except for Harry Potter. <laughs> and yeah. I, 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 he, he looks the part. I don't know if he could go full method acting and, uh, and surprise us on this, but. I'm not really, I don't really care. I If I had to pick an actor for uh, to play Wolverine, I'd want to go the Hugh Jackman route and either cast Zac Efron or Scott Eastwood. Who's Clint Eastwood's son? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even think. Of, I, I was trying to think of who I would cast as Wolverine. And I'd have to give it more thought. Maybe next time we pod, I'll, I'll say, I'll, you know, I'll bring this back up and say, look, here are a list of people that I think can play Wolverine. But you touched on something that we wanted to cover next, which is the idea of method acting. And recently it's been getting a lot of flack in the media. 
uh, first off, Mads Mikkelsen, who is playing Grindelwald in the upcoming movie, uh, the upcoming Fantastic Beasts film, who also played Hannibal for a while on the NBC's Hannibal show, and who played um, a Bond villain in Casino Royale, Slam Method acted recently, and William Poulter, who I feel like most of them know him from the the meme of We're the Millers, where he, you know he's the one saying, you guys are getting paid? But he also came out against Method Acton, and I believe, what was his quote directly, Bailey? I don't know his quote. I, I know the source of all of this because um, there was some recent news that came out about Jared Leto, who is a famous Method actor, um, who really gets in the characters of that he's playing. Um, on the set of Morbius, he would um, he got so skinny that he would have to use crutches. Like that wasn't acting. That was that was just how he was. He had to use crutches and a wheelchair just to use the restroom. And they said that his bathroom breaks ended up getting to forty five minutes long because his he was just so unhealthy. And I think that this is kind of, I, I said that this is a sham because of how it treats studio time. Um, because like they're, they're always on a tight schedule for, for these films to try to get these films out as quickly as they can and to get production done as quickly as they can. And if they're not doing that, then in a timely manner, then they're throwing off every single person's schedules. And that is a very tight ship that's run. That's Hollywood. And I I think that it's, it's messed up to your employer and to those that you work with. I feel like Marlon Brando is a case of method acting. He won an Oscar for the Godfather yet in apocalypse now. And there was another film he was in where he, came to set, you know, drunk and just was very in- incoherent. And in-, in Apocalypse Now, Stanley Kubrick, the director, or Francis Ford Coppola, the director, had to piece together bits of what he gave that he could actually use in the film. And Jared Leto, you know, very recently, especially with Morbius, and also looking back on Suicide Squad, has kind of been at the center of this method acting uh, snafu that's going on right now. And I don't even believe that it was... This I feel like this past week we've had two actors speak out on it. But even in the past, actors have been very against um, method acting. I know Martin Freeman, who plays Bilbo in The Hobbit. He's uh, Watson in the Sherlock Holmes BBC show. And he plays that agent in Black Panther, but the name is escaping me. And he also a while ago said, yeah, he doesn't really believe in method acting. He feels like work is a job and, you know you can't be your job 24 seven. I don't know. He said it feels like it cheats the experience of actually having to work to give a performance, but we'll see. So that is our two cents on method acting and its effects on Hollywood. Now let's get into the meat of our conversation. As we stated in the episode, moonlight moon Knight came out this week and it's the third episode of the season. And Bailey, you weren't here last week when we talked about moon Knight. I want to know, what did you think about episode two? Just give us a brief, you know, 30 second, <laughs> your thoughts on episode two. I watched this episode twice and I fell asleep twice in it. I won't lie. Um, there were two things that stood out to me that really bothered me in that episode. The fact that I had to watch it twice and I still was kind of like, I don't even know what went on. And I think it's because I was dozing off. Um, the first thing that really bothered me, though, was the editing in the 
um, in the storage lockers or the storage units because like there's a spot and I thought I thought there was something wrong with my TV um, but there's a spot where he's running through the lockers and then all of a sudden it freezes on him and his screen keeps going and then it shows him outside of the the place walking and I, I just didn't like the way that was edited it seemed very choppy and like something that a middle school film project would have done it didn't feel like a marvel it didn't feel like it was professionally edited and i don't know if that was something they were just trying to do to be fun i just i, I was turned off by that um but that's my only complaints about last week's episode um this week's episode really picked it up though yeah i agree i feel like this episode really had momentum it had a good story and even from the title sequence i was kind of in because you know you see uh, Layla, I think is her name, meeting with somebody who's forging a passport for her, and you find a lot a little bit about her father, and then you get that Marvel that Marvel intro, but you have this, um, you know, this Middle Eastern song playing over it, and I was like, okay, I'm I, I'm here for this, and uh, I just feel like ever after that intro, the whole episode just had a really brisk pace. I feel like it was a lot of fun. I feel like it was almost like. To some degree, it was almost like a Bourne movie meets an Indiana Jones movie meets a superhero movie. And I feel like I kind of appreciated that. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I actually had the exact same thought about the Bourne movie when, when they were going through the streets. Um, yeah. I can't remember exactly what. I think it was when uh, he got out of the taxi. Oh, and they're, and they're running around? Yeah, that felt very Bourne to me. Um, and then he's attacking the guys on the the thing on the rooftop and we don't see what actually happened, um, which is really cool because it's teasing a third alter ego. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute, but like this, this episode was really good for the world building of Moon Knight. And I, I think I wish that they had released the first three episodes or at least the first two so that the second week we would have gotten this one because I felt like the first two episodes were very slow um, because we saw we saw the first episode from uh, Stephen Grant's perspective, which was awesome. Um, but at the same time, it was very slow. It was a slow process to get the action built up because like every time he switched egos, he would just ha- had that blackout. Um, and then the second episode, I don't really remember what happened, but um, yeah. We'll we'll just talk about the third episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I feel like you make a good point. Like looking back at these episodes, I feel like I said it in the first or second week that we recorded about it. But you know the mystery at the heart of Moon Knight, unless you don't read anything about Moon Knight and you just know, oh, there's a Marvel show coming. But you know before Stephen Grant figures out that he's got multiple personalities. So it's like they're trying to craft this mystery in the first episode, but by you know, but by like a third of the way into the episode, you know what's going on faster than he does. And it's almost like the show takes a while to catch up to you. But I feel like this time they've gotten all the, all of the, um, how do you say it? They've gotten all the exposition out of the way. There are still some mystery at the center of it, but now it's like, okay, we're with these characters and we're part of the action rather than being ahead of them. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. There was, the thing that I enjoyed most about this, and it's also the thing that disappointed me the most about this episode, was the Ennead. 
<laughs> I agree. That was really cool to see them, their, their avatars. And we actually got a glimpse of a Black, Pan- a Black Panther reference. Um, it's a possible Black Panther reference. Man, why am I tripping on those words? Um, but the there, if as soon as Mark Spector walks into the um, the Pyramid of Giza, is that where I believe that's yeah. where it is? Um, on the right side, you see this statue of a panther, a Black Panther, not not the Black Panther that we know. Um, but it's literally a Black Panther statue. And so, um, and the Black Panther god, um, whose name is Bast, is uh, is part of the Ennead. And so we didn't see Bast's avatar because um, I don't know if Bast's avatar is Black Panther or not. There might be some confusion on that part, on my part at least. I don't know if he is, but that would be really cool if he was. But um, Chadwick Boseman's dead now, so that's kind of gone. So maybe that this new Black Panther will be a supernatural being, um, kind of like Moon Knight, which would be pretty cool. I don't know if there. I don't. I'm. There are so many questions surrounding Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but and we could get into that. But that's a completely different episode, and we'll just have to wait until we see the trailer. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned something about how it could also be related to, um, you know, the mythology of the Black Panther. Do you feel like, because this is a question I keep having now and again, is are these people, are they, like, do they have gods on this planet? Because if you think about it, Thor comes from North mytho- Norse mythology. You know, Black Panther is probably mythology of Wakanda. And, you know, Khonshu and... um. And then we're getting Russell Crowe as Zeus, I believe. Yeah, it just seems like there's a there's a lot of like mythology or godlike figures that are being brought into the MCU, and so I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering how that works, and because even something the Ennead said during their meeting was, you know, they felt they didn't want to be part of the affairs of of man, and I was wondering that sounded very Eternals to me. You know, they they were there to just observe. Yeah, and uh, like Thor, he didn't really have any interactions with Earth until whenever Thor showed up on Earth (laughs) in his movie. And um, I don't know why. Maybe they thought we were a lost cause in the MCU. Um, But uh, I'm very excited because like like I said in our, our episode yesterday, I'm I'm a really big fan of like mythology and like Greek mythology, Roman mythology, and um, Marvel is is modern mythology, um, and I that's why it intrigues me so much is because these are modern myths that we have, and like not not really myths, but they're the stories that inspire people um, to change and to do better, to be better, and. It's interesting that they're bringing the actual mythology into the Marvel movies. It's kind of, uh, oh, what's the word? I can't remember. It's a little, not ironic, but I, I don't know. It, it is kind of ironic. Uh, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, but I'm, I'm just really excited to see what they do with all of these, these different mytho- mythologies um, mythos around the world and bringing them into the MCU. 
Yeah. And I mean, if we focus on the mythos of Egypt, at least this Enyan meeting, I don't know if we already mentioned this. I feel like one of the reasons I was so frustrated by it is because they all pull together and decide that Arthur Harrow played by Ethan Hawke is innocent and that he's done nothing. And that Conchu and Mark are both just out of their mind or that, you know, they're a little too crazy. I don't, I don't understand how they just, to me, it felt like they blindly just thought, you know what? This Arthur Harrow guy is good. We find no fault in him, but you know, Conchu basically pulled out an eclipse to get them all together to talk about this. And they didn't really think about it. So I don't know if either a Conchu has done something so bad in the past that they have no reason to trust him. And I didn't feel like that came across very clearly. You know, obviously he's banished. They don't, they don't trust him, but you know, I feel like if somebody were to call everybody together and be like, hey guys, look, something's going on. Somebody would say, you know what? You're right. And so I didn't feel like they, he, he had had that. And then I, the other theory that I thought was maybe some of them are in on it. And if that's the case, I didn't get that either. You know, I just feel like Arthur just kind of got out. Yeah, well, the, the female avatar that talked to Mark um, that said that she had a, that her her god had a, a fling with Khonshu. Um, or I can't remember what it was, but, um, she loved to hear her music. She, huh, yeah. And it kind of teased a relationship between them. Like it, it was kind of weird. Like if, if they were to go that route of, of her or of all of them being in on it or the majority of them, like, obviously like, like we said earlier, they've, they've been away from mankind for quite a while. So they're not really, understanding of like evidence and everything i guess they're just stuck in old ways of truth and and believing that people are honest and arthur harrow is that his name arthur harrow yep um he's not an honest man and um it'll be really interesting to see what happens when amit comes alive because i'm sure we'll get the giant cgi fest in the last episode where moon knight fights arthur harrow um and Amit and Kanshu and I don't know it could be it could lend to a really cool battle between the gods of Egypt yeah it could be but until then I want to say that the trial of Arthur Harrow was a mock of a trial not very well executed no witnesses no deliberation just like you know what this guy gets a pass so I agree that that's yeah. what bothered me with the Indian. and just talking about this episode I really loved the way they made Cairo look because I know the directors were really big on changing the perception of Egypt. And, you know, they feel like in media, Egypt has been displayed and portrayed as a big tourist area. And I'm not saying that Cairo doesn't look like a tourist area, but you got to see the streets. You got to see that it's not just pyramids and it's not just, you know, dirt. And even in the first episode, you had all that grass. But Cairo looked beautiful. I had never known that Cairo looked like that. Yeah, it was really cool to see Cairo. And, and just Egypt in general and to get the night the the scene the cinematography in this episode is really good I'll have to say it was a lot better than the last episode um another thing I want to point out that's kind of uh sad I don't know if you stuck through the end of the the credits uh-huh um, not the not the credits itself but um for our listeners um I cannot pronounce his name. I don't know if it's Gaspard or Jasper Ulil, who played um, 
Midnight Man and or Anton Mogart, who was the guy that they came uh came to and he had all the artifacts. And that's when uh Mark Spector uh, or Moon Knight was stabbed with all of those spears. Um the main guy there, the main bad guy in that scene, he actually passed away about two months ago. And there was a tribute to him at the very end of the um the animation of the animated credits. And it was this episode was dedicated to him. And so um just kind of a sweet thing. It's sad that he passed away because it would have been cool to see this guy come back. I actually really enjoyed his character in this. Um and they could recast him. Uh he's not like a massive character like Black Panther is, but um I I I'm not saying like I, I hate to say that. Like it sounds like I'm just degrading his role as a human. Um, but like they could recast the character and it wouldn't be as big of a pushback from the general audience. Um, and it would be kind of fun to see him come back. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I didn't stick around for that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And, uh, now I want to talk to you a little bit about some theories and possibly some thoughts going into the future episodes. First off, one of the first things that I noticed really quickly is they've mentioned Majapur now twice in two different Marvel shows. Mm -hmm. And for those of you unaware, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they go to Majapur, I believe, where it's not Peggy Carter. What's 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 her ne- what's her niece's name? Sharon. Sharon Carter is a big old crime art dealer boss thing in Majapur. And Majapur in the comics was heavily linked to storylines concerning the X-Men. And it just seems like a very seedy underground town. And they mentioned it again in this episode. So I feel like we're dropping more and more hints that the X-Men are coming sometime soon. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely going to happen very soon. Um, probably uh, next month. <laughs> <laughs> For those unaware, and Bailey Doctor just said Strange that with a straight face. <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. Like, we're, we're obviously getting Professor X and Doctor Strange, too. Um, probably not the Professor X of the MCU. And I I don't know if they're going to be doing some retconning or ending the multiverse and Doctor Strange and Wanda make one universe at the end of this movie, which will be really bad news for Kang the Conqueror, who we saw introduced in Loki. But um, and that would set up Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, But I I think that we're going to be getting the X-Men very soon. Yeah. Yeah. and I'm very excited to see what they do with Madripoor because it it is a completely different world from what we've seen in the Fox X-Men movies. Were, were they in the Fox X-Men movies? Uh, no. Okay. Madripoor wasn't in there. Okay, that's what I was wondering. But it's big in the comics. Yeah. So. I know that all of the comics and the, all, of, all the X-Men storylines at some point come back to Madripoor. So that's exciting to see. And another idea, or another, and I feel like this isn't, super theory, but Mark obviously had to play a part in the death of Layla's father. I just don't know to mm. what degree. I don't know if he did it. I feel like he had to have done it. I wonder if it's Mark or his alter ego that's been teased and and Mark took the blame for it or Mark has taken the the blunt of of it all. Because this this third this third personality is the most violent one as we've seen in this last episode that they've been teasing a lot more. Um, and I, this next episode is going to be, 
if if I remember, like if I'm my theories are right, there's this, a teaser trailer that came out like a week ago, and or a week or two ago, or right before the show happened, and there's a part where we see um, Moon Knight. I, I'm just gonna call all of the alter egos Moon Knight. Uh, we see Moon Knight in this insane asylum, and he falls onto the floor, and there's a Moon Knight toy there and i don't know what's gonna happen if this is jake jake lockley the third personality showing up or not but i'm really intrigued by this and that this next episode to me will probably determine because i i don't know episodes three and four are where i'm just like this show is really good and i'm gonna keep watching it and that's how it was with uh loki and WandaVision as well. WandaVision started to pick up towards the middle and it became a CGI MCU fest by the end of it. Um, but it was still a creative show. The rest of the MCU shows kind of just sucked. <laughs> yeah, I feel like what's hard for me is I was thinking about this. I, I've watched this now twice today. What I was thinking about is that towards the end of this episode, I feel like, okay, we're at the peak of this conflict. You know, Arthur Harrow's found the tomb we have to break Moon Knight out of prison. But then it's almost like now there's a third personality. And you said his name is Jake Lockley, correct? Mm-hmm. There's this Jake Lockley persona that's entering the frame, possibly. And it's it's almost like I feel like the momentum is... Like, the way it ended today, I feel like there would be two more episodes. But there's three. And so I feel like this is a Marvel... It could be a problem. At least their TV show problem is that I feel like sometimes it's just too long. Like there's too many episodes. It's they haven't. Fig- I don't feel like they've nailed the TV formula yet. And again, could be speaking prematurely. I feel like this episode, as far as Moon Knight goes, was the best one yet. I already feel like I'm gonna get to the end of episode five and know that episode six will just be straight up a CG fest. Yeah, I could see it. You know what I mean? Like we'll we'll get to. I feel like episode four we'll figure out you know, Jake Lockley and they'll break Moon Knight out maybe, or they'll figure out Jake Lockley and kind of get him, you know, out of prison or out of wherever they might be because they were being followed at the end of this episode, which I real, which I watched or noticed the second time I was watching it. And I feel like, so next, next week they'll be in prison or they'll have to break out of something and he'll confront Layla and talk to her about this and that episode five, they'll break Moon Knight or Conchu out of the thing, out of the stone prison and then episode and then the end of episode 5 will be you know they're about to square they're about to square up you know and then we'll get to episode 6 and that's all it'll be is a uh, is a marvel is another marvel edition of we boxing i'm okay with that honestly <laughs> like if if the next two episodes are really good i i can handle the cgi fest at the end like, that's how shang chi was for me as well like that movie had so much heart in it with the family dynamics and if they can bring that over into this show, like obviously it's not going to hit as strong because this is a completely different film. It's not or show. It's not about family dynamic. I mean, you could technically go that route with with Layla and Mark, but regardless of that, I I think that if these next two episodes are really good, the CGI fest won't bother me as much um, as it did for like Wandavision. Like that one kind of bothered me because there was so much riding on it because we had like a year and a half between MCU projects. 
And it was just kind of like, it was lackluster of a finale. Especially when we were getting our hopes up that Reed Richards was going to show up in that show. And which was dumb. And Mephisto. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I know that was, that was the big thing was Mephisto. And now. Yeah. We set our expectations so high that disappointment was ine- inevitable. I think I've toned down a little bit from the Marvel shows because like I've been disappointed with what if Hawkeye. I don't know if there's another one. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I like Loki a lot. Oh yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I don't know. I, they're hit or miss with me. Yeah. They, they know here to Marvel's credit. They know how to craft a movie that is at times individual, but also part of a larger universe. Possibly with the exception of Black Panther. You know, I feel like Black Panther, that post-credit scene really sets it up for, you know, Endgame or Infinity War and like nods to, okay, the Winter Soldier's still alive. But I feel like Black Panther is a very well-crafted, isolated story to some degree. But, you know, they, they figured out how to make these movies that are part of a franchise but individual. But the TV shows, they haven't figured it out yet. It's almost like that... It's to me, it's like they don't realize they're making a TV show, like a short series. Um, they're making more just six hour long movies, and it's hard to juggle the the pace that a TV show needs as opposed to a, as opposed to a movie. I agree. All right, well, Bailey, is there anything else you wanted to add on this episode of Moon Knight? No. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, though. This was kind of a longer episode, and. Um, we have a lot to, I, I always have a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to Marvel. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed our rants. Be sure to reach out to us. You can email us on abcinemapod.abcinema.pod at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Twitter at abcinemapodcast and be sure to reach out to us on letterbox where we are abcinema and you can let us know your theories, your ideas, about the show and about all other shows, any comments or suggestions are welcomed. And we would just love to hear from everybody. We hope that you all have a great day. And remember to always keep watching movies.